And to another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast, I'm Woody Womack, joined again by Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going? Man, I'll tell you what, nothing better than a, than a late night podcast about a, a binge-worthy television show on Netflix to, to really just set up my week for success coming up here. Yeah, we're recording this late at night uh, so we can get it out for Monday morning, hopefully. And uh, we're going to talk about episodes three and four of Last Chance You. Episode four may be one of the best episodes in Last Chance You history. We're going to definitely talk a lot about that. I took copious notes uh, <laughs> on this week's episodes. Or on, yeah, whatever. And I guess we did do the other one earlier in the week. So real quick, before we get into it, a few topics we want to talk about uh, related to real life. First of all, uh, Nick, I don't know if you saw this today. I know you've been running around, but uh, the Pac-12 players appeared to have uh, basically formed a union and they put out a list of demands. Did you see anything about this? No, uh-uh, no. Nah. So basically it's sort of related to, you know, safety, uh, you know, coronavirus and the like. Uh, but also there's a, a lot of like uh, social justice type issues in there. So they put out... Mm a list of demands. I'm going to see if I can, uh, can pull them up real quick. I think they got over 400 players together. So here we go. I got them. It was in the Players' Tribune. Number one. Now, this is <laughs> We get off to a rough start here on some of these demands uh, that they asked for. Number one, distribute 50% of each sport's total conference revenue evenly among athletes in their respective sports. Yeah, that's going to be tough to pull off. Uh, Six-year athletic scholarships to, fo to foster undergraduate and graduate degree completion. Elimination of all policies and practices restricting or deterring our freedom of speech, our ability to fully participate in charitable work, and our freedom to participate in campus activities outside of mandatory athletics participation. Uh, ability to transfer without punishment one time and the ability to complete eligibility after participating in a pro draft if a player goes undrafted. So there, there's some more demands on there about, uh, but those are the, the big ones making headlines. And of course, everyone's like, how can they ask for the money? It's never gonna happen. It's like, you know, it's a negotiation, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you ask for the, you ask for the farm up front, don't you? Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You do the high ball offer and see what they come back with. I mean, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, what's your reaction to a lot of those? Do you think any of those are uh, viable? Yeah, I think a lot of them are viable. I think, I sort of think it would help if, uh, obviously the Pac-12 helps. I think it would be helpful if it went across all of college football or all of college athletics. I mean, the, the, the issue is it's hard to negotiate. You don't have a union. It's hard to have a union when you, you, you know, you don't have uh, you're not an employee, you know, you're an athlete. So I think, that, I think they could get a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, Texas did a similar thing, asking them to rename the stadium, change the theme song, this, that, and the third, the theme song, the fight song, and they got a lot of it. So um, what's the, what's the bargaining chip though? I mean, 400 players really doesn't sound like a lot, a lot honestly. Well, they're basically uh, I'm not saying sure, like if Pac-12 just comes back and says no across the board, are they just going to be like, oh, okay, because <laughs> I don't know what else you can do, right? Yeah, I guess they're not going to – they said they're not going to play. So, oh, here's some other my, – my Yeah, you know, I, I'm not confident that – I just don't – maybe you're closer to the, the facts and some sources than, than I am at this point. I, I really am uh, concerned about the likelihood of, you know, what's, <laughs> what's to take place this season in college football <laughs> in general. Right. So, you know, this is similar to some stories you've told me uh, what's going on, but we only got two in the weeds there. But OK, here's some of the health protections. Allow option to not play during the pandemic without losing eligibility or spot on our team's roster. That's pretty easy. That's an easy one for the Pac-12 to get. Prohibit void COVID-19 agreements that waive liability. Now, this is a tough one because basically these schools are making these kids sign these things before they come back and practice. Then they basically say like, oh, if you get sick, that's on you coach, you know? Mm. Uh, the other one is uh, mandatory safety standards, player approved health and safety standards enforced by a third party selected by players to address COVID-19 as well as serious injury, abuse, or death. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these things are not like, a lot of these things are not uh, 
they're asking for the the conference commissioners and coaches to reduce their salaries so they don't cut uh, any more sports. They're asking for uh, uh, annual Pac-12 Black College Athletes Summit with guaranteed representation. Uh, to, to, this one is a, one other one I think is very doable. Two percent of conference revenue will be directed by players to support financial aid for low-income Black students, community initiatives, and development programs for college athletes on each campus. I that mean, is a good one, right? I mean, of course there was a you know there was a lot of stuff uh, going across you know football Twitter today. It's like oh fine, let them let them walk. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Like if this happened in the SEC, there'd be a total meltdown. I think uh, a lot of the people in the footprint of the Pac-12 are necessary. There's not going to be a whole lot of pushback here. So my guess would be they'll figure something out. But it's definitely step one in like, hey, you know, we're 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 continuing to moving towards a model where these players are going to have to get some of the money that they're making, right? Well. You know, I, I, I've st- I'm still not entirely clear if the if the current agreement is that you know we're we're getting paid directly from from the schools and conferences or, uh, so, you know, some association with the NCAA or if or if it's mostly focused on uh, the players making money from outside sources, you know, like the video games and the commercials and things. Oh, like well, that you got individually, you, you got to pull up the commitment issues feed and listen to our uh, name and likeness special that we did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so go check that out thank you boy that's a, boy that was almost a very timely reference by me to guess. yeah we had adam corny on we had zach soskin on uh friends at friend of the show so uh yeah be sure to check that out so just something i wanted to bring up i didn't want to kind of skip over it because we haven't talked about a lot of things now more importantly in my life uh <laughs> let's get a quick story in so, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm now in charge of all the rivals' uh, social media accounts, which, you know, given the amount of times I've almost been fired for t- tweeting something stupid, it seems like a smart decision, right? Uh, so, uh, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it like this a top five NFL wide receiver. Uh, slides in the rivals dms the rivals account dms are a wild place right especially since i opened them up to everybody and we're talking this guy i think he's pretty sure he might be the highest paid receiver in the league i'm not going to say his name i'll let people figure it out just in case uh this we have to deal with this further he sends a message to the rival account <laughs> hold on I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up verbatim uh to because this is ridiculous he messages the account and he says he says, what's the contact, <laughs> right? Now, this person has upwards of, you know, a million followers or something, uh, actually close to 500,000. I said, the contact for what, right? He says, the person who runs the rival's accounts. So I say, I run all of them. Here's my phone number, right? Yeah. Uh, lo and behold, this super famous uh, NFL athlete texts me tonight and says, Hey, what's up? <laughs> and he says, I was just confused on one of the photos on my account not being me. So he so he claims that his rival's profile picture is not him, right? So I go and look from at the high pic- school. Yeah, from like 2010 or something, right? <laughs> okay, all right. As I mentioned, this guy is worth you know hundred a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> And I say, which picture? And he says, oh, you know, this, th- th- he described it. So I pulled up and sent it to him. I said, this one, I look at it, it's clearly him, like 100%. <laughs> like, if it's not him, every picture on his profile is wrong. And I said, this one? He says, yeah. I said, that's not you? And he said, I promise you, I didn't even go there all of high school. I was homeschooled 11th grade. Now, you know how this works. Nick, you go to a game, you take the stupid headshot in the jersey after the game, right? Yeah. Then I mean, we have video from the same game, too. So, like, I did a little research here. Uh, it's clearly him. <clears throat> I said, I say, well, you know, it could have gotten mislabeled. You kind of have a common name. So I pulled up a couple of the other pictures, and I said, is this you? <laughs> and he says, yes, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that picture. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know look if if you are currently in high school i get it but i mean there's about a billion photos of you on the internet like does it really matter um so he says i'm just saying we can take a new headshot if needed oh my god <laughs> i'm like we don't need a new headshot you don't obviously you don't look like you did 10 years ago you know like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then he says he says i didn't give you the rights to use the other one anyway and i'm like mike we took the pit well, well <laughs> I, I didn't give it away anyway i say i say i say we took the picture. You don't. Have to, there's no rights to give us, you know. So, like, this isn't a you know, this isn't TV production. So then he tells me he's gonna have his people look into it, and All I right. tell, and we leave it with like I tell him like, you know, hey, if you got an old high school picture you want to send me, I'll put it on there instead of that one. <sighs> and that's where we left it. So I'll be dealing with that into next week for sure. Um, but I mean, you know, the, the things, the fact that he, the fact that he offered to give you a headshot now makes me think that even though you specifically asked for a high school picture, you're just going to get all at once. You're going to get like a zip file of like 400 <laughs> professional <laughs> of, of his professional playing career. Right. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a phone call from a publicist who says, yeah, Mike told me uh, you wanted to come out and do a headshot, a photo shoot. Um, so anyway, if you could figure out who I'm talking about based on the using his first name, uh, good for you, but <laughs> A classic story, uh, and definitely, definitely caught me off guard here on a Sunday night. Uh, you know, by the way, text me like text me like ten forty five on a Sunday night. So, uh, you know, just goes to show people are very bored still to this day. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're in training camp or whatever. So, all right, let's jump into last chance here. I don't want to be doing this all night. <clears throat> so, episode three, we jump right into it. Dor and Dior, the, the the star of the show by far, right? Yeah. We jump right into him and his dad, right? Mm. And we kind of jump around on the dad issue. The dad comes to the, the the dad allegedly comes to the game according to the uncle. You know, the uncle's like, "Oh man, you gotta 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 call your dad, man, to do it for me." Which, you know, as someone who's <laughs> regularly not talking to their parent, like. <laughs> You know, I don't want to talk to them. Do it for me. Does not, and, and you see, he gets in the locker room. He's like, I don't have a dad. I'm not calling that guy, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, so then later on in the episode, well, uh, we get the backstory. I mean, did you, did you pay attention to some of these stories that he said? Yeah, yeah. It, I wasn't, expe I wasn't expecting... Um you know, because dad showed up kind of late in the episode, as I recall, uh, and yeah, I didn't expect to really hear from him. And then he comes in with all the, <laughs> all the psychological warfare he was waging on his son there. It was really, yeah, it was really off-putting. Yeah, it reminds, reminds me of me and you, when me and you were living together. We can't have two lions in the same den. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you kicked your son out of your house because you can't have two lions in the same den? I mean now he's homeless like the, the a few of the few of the the hits he got in trouble for talking to a girl at school so the dad dressed him up as a girl and sent him to school did you hear that one was it talking to a girl or making fun of a girl oh is that what it was was it making fun of a girl uh, i feel like that might have been either way specifically okay so yeah. that's number one number two what was the thing with the shaved head he shaved the top. I don't of think they gave an explanation about that, but they, they gave him that old man balding. <laughs> it reminded me of that kid. Do you remember when Ron Washington was the manager of the Texas Rangers, and they it, and they had the little kid who dressed up and looked just like him, and he shaved his head like that. <laughs> <laughs> reminded me of that. My guess would be he made fun of his dad for being bald. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he oh. got <laughs> Then, of course, you had the, the two, can't have two lions in the same den. So he puts the kid on a bus to Arkansas. Oh, man. And then, 
and then he's like, oh, you know, I kind of felt bad. I should go get. It sounded my... like it was over over Christmas too. It sounded like that. Happened, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, was, yeah. yeah he said he spent Christmas Eve and Christmas alone. <clears throat> now, have you ever been to a Greyhound bus station? No. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. It's not the place that you want to be. Uh, we'll just put it that way. I mean, you, the one cool thing is they have those. Uh, I don't know if they still have them. But they have those chairs that you sit in that have TVs attached to them and you put in like a quarter to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see those elsewhere. I mean, the time is sort of passed with smartphones, but I always thought it would be cool to have those at like hospital waiting rooms and stuff like that. But uh, a bus I, ride. I know. I do know. I do know I've, I've walked past a Greyhound bus station in downtown Houston to go to a concert with my, with my brother in. Didn't see, it didn't seem like a place that we were slowing down for. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably picked up your pace uh, trying to get by that fire. <laughs> to right, miss the show. You're going to be late for the open. Do, do you remember that, that TikTok I sent you of the kid being like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. Very similar to that. Uh, let me tell you something. So uh, anyway... So it's clear. Do you think we're headed to a? Uh, I don't know if you've watched the head pass four. I have not. Do you think we're headed towards a reconciliation between him and the dad? Because I don't think so. No, I think uh, I think that was I think that was the good storyline for this episode. I mean, I think I think we're starting to see. You know, they go there. It's going to be kind of like a um, last dance sort of formula where each main character gets a heavy backstory episode, and you know, and we just kind of. Because how many episodes are in this season here? Six? Eight. Eight. Sorry, yeah, we got eight. Four. Yeah, we got four more. Jeez. I, did, I don't think there's enough. I don't. I don't know if there's enough bodies on this show to last for eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's where you see why they're pivoting away from uh, from the football aspect. I I do. The one thing that makes me think he might re- reconcile with him is there's a situation where his name is hyphenated and in the show they only refer to him as one name so it could Mm. be possible that maybe he adds dad's name back into the mix or whatever but uh, i don't know dude i I was really while we're on it i don't know if that was an episode four or not but i mean what was going on with the panic attacks and stuff i mean i'm a little concerned about dior a little bit yeah, I mean, he's clearly like an emotional guy, um, as he's, you know, as you see right from the start with the reaction to him, you know, having to think about his father and all that. Um, you know, and there's some pretty, you know, there's some deep seated trauma there, I suppose, from, you know, the antics that his father was up to. So, um, you know, a lot of a, a lot of a lot of that trauma sort of stuff materializes in, in kind of crazy ways as, you know, as kids develop and, um you know that's that's a that's a pretty crazy situation he's in changing positions all of a sudden going to worrying about his recruitment uh after the team gets off to kind of a rocky start and you know and on top of that you know to feel to, to be homeless and then to have to do well in school and to work and to still be considering you know what to do about the pressure from your family to talk to your father i mean these kids are these kids are in a real high pressure situation all of them i i mean except for maybe is it is it rj yeah, R- RJ's maybe oh, not wait. the same, but New, and I'm we'll so, get to him too. I'm but, so excited but, but talking about RJ. New is New is in a pretty uh, a pretty bad situation as well. I mean, you know, he seems to be. Uh, he, I mean, he's 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 real close to. It seems you know with to just. It doesn't seem like he he has any opportunity to succeed in his academics, and I don't know how far he's going to make it. You know, if well, he keeps that up. So here's one of the frustrating parts about him, at least the way they're showing him. You know, we got the backstory of his wife. He's got two kids. We see bringing he's bringing them to school sometimes and whatnot. And boy, I can only imagine what that's like trying to wrangle those two. You know, but I mean, the issue is that the wife is working all day and then going to school at night. And I mean. You know, obviously he's got some family help there with the kids. You got to do your homework, dude. I mean, you know, we see it come out pretty clearly that he says he needs help with the rough draft, and the guy's like, "I'll just print mine out, and you could turn it in." Like, oh, what a foolproof plan, you know? Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> but I, I did say I, I was thinking about it. Like, can you imagine? 
uh, as the producer of the show, like how satisfying that is to catch that <laughs> moment, that conversation, and then to have that actually happen in real life. And you got the moment that plan was hatched on camera. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that, that was pretty good. And it was, they sort of put the seed in, I think the second episode where the teacher says like, it's pretty easy to tell plagiarism these days with the internet, you know? know. Foreshadowing (laughs) at its finest. (laughs) I mean, you know, Chekhov's teacher there, uh, she, she knows what's coming. And then of course he cheats. So he gets an F or whatever, but like, by the way, why is 50% of the grade, the rough draft? I mean, just make the whole grade, the final paper. I don't understand what, I guess you turn in the rough draft to get edited, but I mean, that shouldn't be 50% of the grade. Should it? I don't think these kids are capable. I mean, <laughs> the bar is set real low for, you know, I mean, if you, if you just went straight to the final draft, you'd be getting in some real, uh, <laughs> some real mess to go through. <laughs> so I think you have to, I think you have to, you have to throw the rough draft in there as part of the grade for sure. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he, he, he's in a sticky situation, but you know, you tell he's got a tight knit family and he's got his family helping him. I just think, you know, he's got to take advantage of that situation, kind of stop goofing off a little bit. I, I did also find it really awkward when they were having like the leadership council, like the, the Polynesian guys and the coach comes in and is like, let me interrupt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, even the, the, the guy whose shoulders, he put his hands on her. He did not look super thrilled to me. Um, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty rough to be, to be talking, you know, future leadership of America <laughs> sort of group. And they were talking about him being the spokesperson because of his status on the team, you right. know, for whatever it is that they were, they were looking for is in a similar situation to this PAC 12 discussion <laughs> that we're having, you know, they seem to be formulating some kind of list of demands. And then, uh, you know, to find out that your leader is a fraud, a cheat and a scoundrel in that moment. I mean, <laughs> what a, mo- what a moment for, you know, beam, they started turning on beam too on these last two episodes, they started, you know, it's, it's starting to be a, you're starting to see sort of like the, you know, where the critiques of him could come from, you know, choosing to do things like that. And, you know, kind of, you know, kind of they're playing up the fact that he's too old school to make adjustments to the situation that his team's currently in and things like that. So. Yeah. He dropped a lot more cuss words these last Mm -hmm. few episodes. Um, All right. So, We we real well, not, and we've got a big huge, a feud between him and RJ too. Right. Which before, I guess we'll also talk about before we get to RJ. We can touch on our boy uh, Rajon. We went out to his house, and you saw his mom drives ninety miles to go to work every day. I mean, man, you know the house, the housing situation in the Bay Area is definitely featured heavily. And I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? Could you imagine? It's not just driving ninety miles. I mean, there's traffic. How long do you think it takes her to get to work? Uh, that's brutal. Well, I think she put her, you know, I didn't, I don't remember what she said her itinerary was, but I think she must've said like, I have to get up at this time every morning to, well, she was saying she works six to two thirty. I think at 6 PM to two thirty AM. Mm, yeah. She was talking about sleeping in the parking lot and stuff, which, you know, we didn't get a chance yeah. to see if she was sleeping the trunk first in the Womack method or, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times we got it. Lo and behold, on Char- in Saturday on Friday, I went to Charlotte and someone was sleeping in their car at the event I was at, and they were sleeping in the driver's seat and they had the car running. It's like we talked about the noise canceling headphones on. I sent you a video uh, for proof. Yeah. So, boy, it was a hum. You want to talk about a humdinger? I was dying out there, dude. It was so hot. So, uh, I did. I did enjoy uh, Rajon's grandpa. Did, did you notice him? Yeah, mm-hmm. they kept saying gum flapping. <laughs> he's got flapping his gums. <laughs> That's a weird term. You don't hear that as much anymore. I also was wondering, is that was the backdrop at the party the same backdrop I'm using on my Zoom right now? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, but I was pre- I was pretty impressed with the with the setup that they had out there in that backyard. They had a nice. Hey, she might have to drive 90 miles for work every day, but she's got herself a dandy backyard for entertaining, two-story house, you know, well, yeah, she said out she's in California. Like a, a long, a longshoreman, longshore woman. I don't know if that's the term, but working on the, the ships there, moving stuff around. I mean, yeah, she's got a nice place. Uh, you got to respect the, the hustle there. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of talk about Rajon being, you know, the number one corner. And I mean, I, I looked. I mean, he was just like a three-star everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't. He looks pretty good to me. That that interception was pretty crazy in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, the first one, not the second one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I'm regret. He looks like he's going to be an NFL player just based on his height playing at corner, uh, like he is. But all right, so so we touched on everybody else. Now let's get into the juice. Episode four. R.J. Stern, the wide receiver. Oh my lord! <laughs> so, so he talks about how he's not a rich white kid, right? He's walking through his neighborhood in Berkeley, and he's walking in all these nice houses. And he shows up to his house where he's staying with his great aunt and uncle. And this is like the weirdest place I've ever. It's a total like. I mean, I was having deep flashbacks to my upbringing in the Pacific Northwest. The woman says the house is called Gray Haven, which the, the, the house has a name. So that tells you, you know, all you need to know about it, whether there's money involved, right? I mean, have you ever lived in a house that has a name? <laughs> Gray, Gray Haven. It turns out that the guy's grandma, RJ's grandma, was like a famous author who wrote Mists of Avalon. Uh, and when the aunt... <laughs> I just want to revisit it. When the aunt says, you know, his grandmother wrote uh, Miss Savavalon, which was uh, quite the bestseller. <laughs> and she like, <laughs> she does like, like, we should all know what Miss Savavalon, do you have any idea what that is? <laughs> I'm yeah, it's a it's a, fe- a feminist Ford version of of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, per their description. <laughs> a feminist version of King Arthur, and like, I mean, I just I felt like I was watching a Christopher Guest movie, listening to them talk. Right, the the dog is barking, and she takes out the water. <laughs> she takes out the water bottle, and the poor dog just wants to die. And the, the uncle's like, you know, we don't even have to spray it most of the time. Just get it out. And he stops. <laughs> he stops I could have, I'm telling you, I could have watched an hour. The entire episode could have been them giving a tour of the house. <laughs> because speaking of the producers or the editors, they do a masterful thing. And I had the closed captions on, uh, <laughs> which was great too, where the uncle's talking in the background and the RJ's doing his like <clears throat> ITM or whatever it's called, like in the moment. And he's like, I don't even know what he's talking about. And like, <laughs> you, you hear, then you hear the uncle just like telling some ridiculous story about the house, right? And yeah. I guess everyone that lives there is writers. The whole family's a bunch of weirdos. I mean, and we get into that later, but <laughs> you know, uh, they they have the dinner, which by the way I don't know I'm sure you didn't catch it Nick, but they had a big old bottle of Martinelli's sparkling cider. <laughs> must have been a big meal, you know. Yeah, well, it was uh, a big occasion with the camera crew going there. Right, got to show out. <laughs> what's funny is, <laughs> what's funny is, they were like, "Well, we usually have way more people in the house than this," and you can tell it. RJ's like, you know, it's tough living here. I don't have a whole lot of common. <laughs> with the people that I live with and it's like oh my god dude and then we we go down the trail it kind of goes away from it and comes back and then it turns out that RJ's grandfather who was a rare coin expert did you catch that I did see that yeah (laughs) he's a rare coin expert turns out to be he has one around his neck in that picture you sent me right (laughs) I sent the picture I'm telling you watching tv with the closed captions on it's just it leaves me a lot of time to send Nick funny screenshots all the time but I mean the the dude ends up you know being a child molester it's and the the aunt I don't know if it was his sister. I don't know if that's the grandfather's sister or the grandmother's sister. Either way, she's like, oh, he believed that children should be able to explore their sexuality. And, you know, he insisted it was theoretical, but it didn't turn out to be theoretical. I'm like, I mean, you know, if, some, if somebody tells you, 
that they believe that children should be able to explore their sexuality. I'm not letting him, you know, anywhere near my children. How about you? Oh yeah, of course. You think it's a real, a real tough, <laughs> real tough question. So, so anyway, so so, you know, he traumatizes the mom, who in turn, you know, has all types of issues, you know, with RJ growing up, and that's how he ends up. She, she also says she's banned from Greyhaven. Did you notice that? Yeah, well, she there was there was some definite snark in some of the things that she was saying too. She she was uh, what do you call that maneuver when you do like the chortle or whatever? Like, <laughs> the be- yeah, that's a big. Chortling. It was a bestseller. Miss yeah. uh, of Avalon, which was uh, quite the bestseller. <laughs> I need to pull. I wish I had more time to edit this because I would pull the audio. I I need to rewatch it. I I. I mean, I texted because the mom because the mom did the same sort of thing when she was talking about you know uh, how much she, her dislike for the people out there at Greyhaven. So there are a lot of people like this, including like people who are friends with my mom that I grew up with. They're like they're like clearly really smart, but they're also stupid. Stupid. I mean, if it's like you know, and, and she she kind of the aunt kind of puts things off as like saying like. She, I think I sent a screenshot of that too, where she was like, "Oh, if if all good writers were good, had to be good people, there'd be no good writers, or something like that." Uh, which I sent to Rob Cassidy, and I said, "Boy, this this doesn't apply to you. I, I don't know what does." Uh, <laughs> and uh, but I mean, yeah, they all have the same general vibe. It reminded me of like like I said, people who my mom would go to like a drum circle with when I was a kid. It's like, yeah, oh, we got tai, tai Chi class or whatever that we're going to. <laughs> Could you imagine my mom in Tai Chi? What type of moves do you think she was pulling? <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad I'm not using the video. You probably get the arm motions done pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, maybe. There's a lot of arm to swing. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> getting back to RJ. So, so he says, you know, he says, you know, he doesn't even really refer to the guy as his grandpa. I mean, basically, he's staying in the house because it's a place to live. While he goes to community college, he's trying to get a scholarship and get out of there. I mean, it's a means to an end, so I kind of understand it. But I mean, he's really going through it. I mean, he's not getting the ball. The, the coach doesn't it, – it doesn't seem like the head coach likes him, right? No, uh-uh. That's, and that's one of the things that – that's one of the things that I was saying has kind of changed from – the start of the show, they were characterizing RJ as Coach Beam's guy because he'd been with the program for, you know, I don't know, however many seasons, whatever, worked his way up through the through the ranks and as a, you know, starting level receiver on the team. So, like, there's a lot of talk about that. But then he's just, like, extra hard on him. I guess he just keeps cutting routes off, it sounds like, is the main problem. Or well, uh, Here's the thing. He just yells. He's, he's just, he, he just goes straight into – he's relentless with just like killing him for doing that whatever it is that he's doing he's running like five yard outs constantly or something right and he says he basically calls him slow in front of the whole team then he says which it appears to me like rj thinks he could be a better quarterback as well i mean basically rj is playing the role of the diva wide receiver he just doesn't fit the normal stereotype of it but i mean it's clear that's what the issue is he's like I'm seven eleven. It's like right, you're not seven eleven, dude. Like, n- <laughs> number one, like I'm sure you're a fine wide receiver, but get, they're not going to throw you the ball because they're basically running the read option now that Dior is playing court. He doesn't throw the ball at all, really. No, I mean except for the interceptions we saw. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Dior is not a threat. He's not a threat to throw the ball. I mean, how those read options work so well against some of those teams is like, that's just his athleticism. I mean, you know, he's fast and he can read the defense, but I mean, he's small. So, and he doesn't have a whole lot of arm strength. So I, I get RJ's frustration. I mean, all these guys are worried about their stats and stuff like that, but I mean, you know, much, much like what the coach said about the, the receiver who came back from Hawaii. I mean, he basically like, I decide where people go and don't go, which, you know, it's definitely not my favorite type of coach, right? When you have when you have a coach trying to trying to, you know, circumvent the he's like, I'll tell him you're a bad person or whatever. It's like, coach, I mean, come on, man. 
Yeah. You know, and in, in, in this and where things are going right now between the two of them and, you know, RJ lo- losing his cool on the sidelines and this and that is not really helping the, uh, you know, his reputation with Coach Beam at this point either, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, drop any spoilers, but I know, I know our boy RJ, uh, our, uh, you know, Brad Hoyseth, uh, you know, Rivals employee who we mentioned prior, potential future guest on the show. He had an update on RJ's recruitment here recently, which was generating some buzz on the Rivals uh, analytics. And I tweeted it out, which led me to believe that his situation still isn't settled now. Um, I think he was supposed to go to uh, like a like a FCS school or a Division two school, and that doesn't appear to be the case anymore. So, um, yeah, I definitely think I definitely think his situation's up in the air, and it's just like you know he's definitely chasing the dream. It's like, but it's clear he's never you know regardless of what you want to say about whatever he's not making it to the pros no matter what happens, right? I mean, sorry, RJ. Yeah. But- it ain't happening for you on that front. So uh, what else happened in episode four? I mean, we can, unless you want to talk more about RJ, but I mean, if you weren't paying close attention or if for some reason you haven't watched the show, you have got to watch the first five minutes of the episode, the Chortle, Chortle Fest 99. I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about, you know, Mists of Avalon and, and uh, they must just have an infinite amount of money if Mists of Avalon was that big of a hit, right? who's to say i mean and some of the some of the pictures of uh grandma when she was making her tv appearances and all that i mean that was really i mean that seemed to be a really long time ago that this uh that we were in we were in mr avalon's heyday so i'm not sure where the (laughs) what came out in 83 (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i just i just i cannot get 876 pages wow Jeez. But, and, and you know say what you want to about the house being in a nice neighborhood has its own name this and that i mean it didn't really look like it was being kept up that well so i'm not sure that the uh the residuals are as plentiful as one might think for <laughs> for a titan of literature such as the Mist of avalon well she had uh let's see how many let's see how many because she got it she also got accused in the uh her daughter uh, the daughter who we saw, Moira, right? That's RJ's mom, isn't it? Is it? I can't remember her name. Yeah, Moira accused her of sexual abuse as well. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, we look at her literary career. I mean, you want to talk about novels. I mean, she was pumping them out all the way out until 1997. So, wow. Um, my guess would be there's 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 some money going around. Uh, the Sixth Sense number two. Is that somehow not connected to the TV show, but I mean, I'm wondering, you know, how did we never get a movie of, uh, I, she made, she wrote so many books, dude. Holy cow. I, I don't know how we ever, how it ever didn't make it to a movie. What, what is the, uh, you know, what, what do you think the odds are that we see a Netflix series, uh, based on the Mists of Avalon? Well, I mean, you know, you want to talk about it. The epic is focused on the lives of Morgane, Guinevere, uh, and other women of Arthurian legend. I mean, uh, my thing is like if if you want it to be in, in you know today's feminist time, this is these are all being told from the female point of view. So I don't know, man. I mean, I th- I think it would actually be. A, it actually be good, right? I mean, how many, <laughs> how many times have we seen the stupid Knights of the Round Table get remade fifty times? I mean, how about a how about the you know the point of view from the women? I think it would actually be like a Handmaid's Tale type situation. There you go. See, I mean, and, and you know, who would have thought after after all the seasons of of Last Chance, who who would be the first to get their own spinoff episode, <laughs> but the book or spinoff uh, TV series. TV series, uh, listen to this, TV series adaptation. The Mists of Avalon was adapted for television to a TNT miniseries in 2001. Oh, wow. time, for, time for a reboot. So, yeah, where, where do you think that miniseries money is going these days, you know? That's going right into RJ's pocket. Those spray, those spray bottles, the spray the wobble on face, don't pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> the dog's like the dog's like huddled up on the top of the couch i'm like oh my god you know uh so so anything else you want to talk about in this episode i mean we had the we had them lose the game we kind of we kind of lumped in the other stuff with uh uh new and his uh cheating scandal yeah did you ever get caught plagiarizing in college no i mean <laughs> I, writing was the only thing that i did well yeah, school, we, so I got and even caught, that's debatable. I got caught once uh, in Spanish class. We had a uh, so I was doing this Spanish class. We did the whole thing, the whole the, the whole semester long, right? And I found out a week before that we were supposed to be filling out some worksheets like independently in this other book, because you know your book comes with your book, and then your book comes with like a little study guide thing. Yeah. And the teacher's like, oh, yeah, you got to turn that in because uh, that counts as part of your grade. Well, all the answers are already in it, right? Like, I mean, I have it from my Greek books back here. It tells you what the answers are. Like, you can just go check the answer key, right? So I just paid this girl uh, who lived next door to Ernie. I was like, hey, can you just go into the answer key and just write the answers on the thing? Like, you know like mess up why couldn't you do it yeah you know i was selling credit card machine i had credit card machines to move you know this was this was in the the lean years and uh the teacher uh lucy or was her name uh lucy soto big shout to her she caught me cheating flat out and said i'm gonna give you a a uh not an f but like a withdraw thing or whatever and then she maybe retake the class with her. So how, so how did she how did she catch you? She was just like, this isn't in your handwriting. And I was like, and I was like, who, and I was like, I was like, who cares? The answers are in the back. I'm getting because I was getting like a B in the class. I was like, I pass all the tests. I mean, what does it matter if I do this stupid uh-huh. work? You know what I mean? You know, classic Womack logic of the ends justify the means. And in, in my opinion, I was like, I, clearly I know Spanish. Isn't that the point of the class? But uh, it's too high level thinking for your own teacher. I mean, is it, but is that a form of plagiarism or is that just, that's just cheating. That's not really plagiarism. How yeah, I mean, somebody else do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it was, she, she wasn't too happy about it. Uh, you know, <laughs> And needless to say, uh, yeah, she wasn't thrilled about it. She she was a really nice teacher. We had it, Nelson and I took her class, and then we took the second version with uh, another teacher who was horrible. Uh, but we took those both at Seminole Community College. So when I was in JUCO, wow. JUCO bounce back, last chance you, Woody Womack taking Spanish classes. Yeah, there's got there's there's got to be one JUCO moment from your from your college career incorporated in every episode and stay on brand, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so that uh, was, fortunately we stumbled right into that segment this week. Yeah, that was easy. Next, next week you're gonna be straining. No, I got you know me. I have and how long have we known each other, Nick? And I'm still bringing out new stories to tell you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Never a shortage, never a shortage of new stories from uh, Woody's tortured past. So, uh, all right, anything else from this episode done? We saw Coach and his wife uh, walk in with that stick. By the way, his walk. Do you know how annoying it would be if every day we went for a walk in the morning? And I had to listen to click, 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 like every three steps. It's like, Coach, you're not walking up a hill. What do you need a stick for? I'm sure. I'm sure the wife is like uh, sound blind to that now at this point yeah that was i'd uh, be more i'd be more upset if i was one of the people living on that street and i'm like trying to get a little bit of sleep but every morning like clockwork here comes a clink click you know when i was living in florida and those you know those landscape crews would come out at 7 a.m starting up yeah i mean that's the stuff for nightmares you know the same thing with the uh with the click 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 of the stick 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 be like drip torture first thing in the morning (laughs) no thanks well i'll tell you what mid mid quarantine like mid-april there was a point where there are five houses surrounding me and each of them had a land, different landscaping crew that would come on a different day. And you know, the sound of leaf blowers really, uh, I mean, you want, you want that. It actually affected the podcast more than a few times where I was either recording a podcast or I think one day I was recording a commitment video with a kid 
and right outside the window, and I was like, <laughs> I went outside and I was like, hey, I was like, can, can you guys give me like 10 minutes? And they're like, oh yeah, we're done. Don't, don't worry about it. I come back in and sit down at the computer. And <laughs> of course, just fires right back up, right outside the window. And I was just, I was just losing it, dude. I can't, there's no need for leaf blowers. You're not blowing any leaves. Like you don't need to do it. Um, so anyway, um, yes, yeah, so we had coach doing that. We had the kids miss the bus or the kids take the, their own way home, which I always remember that. Remember when we played sports in high school, that was always like some type of drama. <laughs> I was like, can I ride home? Missing the bus or finding your, oh, yeah, finding your own ride home. And it was like one of your friend's parents would be there, but only they could go with their parents. You couldn't go, you know, I remember it being yeah. like, a, especially like on the basketball bus. I remember if someone rode home with their parents, it was like a gaping hole, you know, you'd be like, you know, be part of the team, man. So I didn't realize that was a suspendable offense. Our coach was pissed about it. Yeah, I think I think when you're in high school, well, I wonder, I can't remember. I feel like I've always taken the bus to and from the sports that I played because I feel like there must be some kind of liability involved with you went to a school event. And... Well, I mean, you think my mom's kind of any road games? <laughs> it's not an issue for me. I was riding that yeah. bus. I was riding that bus both ways because – when we rolled back into town, I needed to be singing We Are the Tigers, the Mighty Mighty Tigers out the window of, you know, whatever town we were rolling through. Um, all right, so, <laughs> so that, about wraps, that about wraps it up for us. Um, I had a couple of things to complain about, but it's getting pretty late. I think uh, I'll save them for later in the week. But uh, anything else you want to add, Nick? No, just, uh, I, I don't know. Should we make a prediction for the upcoming episodes or are we just going to? Oh yeah, yeah. Tease we'll one, and we'll do the next pod. Yeah, I guess we don't know how this. I haven't. I've done zero research. I don't know how the season turns out. I don't know where. Well, I'll tell you goes. what this season needs is what this season needs is the coach to get fired. Yeah, but there's no way he's a legend. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I did enjoy RJ being like legendary coach, my ass or whatever. <laughs> he was dropping some, he was dropping some great cuss words. I mean the the cuss word per second on this or per minute, like the usage rate of cuss words is just through the roof. Even even compared to like even with like Coach Brown who cussed nonstop. I mean they're right on that level, don't you think? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean it's nothing that we're not you know, I guess I'm not used to expecting from a from a football scenario, but oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Some of those assistants though are real corny when they get into it. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I I did find it kind of odd when the one coach was like, like you said, the old school, new school thing. He was like, you know, some kids don't react to that, which which I totally agree. I mean, I think uh, some prominent coaches in the SEC found that out. Uh, over the past few years when they're screaming in people's faces and stuff like that. I mean, grabbing face masks on the sideline. It's just, that's not the way the new generation, they don't respond to that. You know, yeah. they're more likely to shut down than to like, be like, oh, I'm going to show him or whatever, you know, kind of like when the, the reason the coach is a good coach is like, when we saw him go up to new and say like, Hey, I don't want to be yelling at you all the time. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was kind of a redeeming moment, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't want to be yelled at all the time. I mean, you know, believe me, that's why I have mental issues. <laughs> I had a yeah. How's it how's it going for you? I think you, I think you'd still take your uh, you get your doses of being <laughs> yelled at and yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I I don't keep. I definitely when I when I was a kid, I mean. You know, you would not know what was going to set off. It's kind of like a Coach Brown situation or, or whatever. I mean, you wouldn't know what would set off, you know, my mom on a, some type of screaming, yelling, or like throwing stuff fit. It could be like the smallest thing in the world. <laughs> so, uh, I can relate to the players. It's just like, it's just not, it's just not the way to go. It's just not, not going to cut it, Coach. So I think they'll yeah. bounce back. I mean, my guess would be they'll make the playoffs and, we don't know how good the actual quarterback is and we don't know if and when he's coming back. Right. Yeah. That's still, I mean, he seems pretty, I, I would, I would expect him to come back before the end of the season though. 
Uh, yeah. Hopefully. They would. They would. I mean, they would have said. They would have said if, if it was like a season ender. Right, and he seems to be around. Like yeah, so it must have been like I don't know what kind of knee injury it was or whatever. But anyway, all right. So Nick and I will watch episodes five and six and try to bang. And hopefully we can get through the end of the series by uh, the end of the week. Hopefully, and maybe we can get Brad on or you know, Dave and Rob said they were they were watching it. So boy, could could we get one of them to sit down at their computer and record a podcast? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Remains to be seen. Hey, maybe I'll have this receiver on. Maybe I should 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 I tell him he should come on the podcast to talk about this picture gate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more star power, the better, you know. Yeah, boy, we'll see if uh, I'll be like, let me talk to your people. What's what's your podcast availability? So, all right, uh, that wraps it up for us. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes as we uh, look to reboot the show and perhaps switch formats. Remember, remember, we were kids and we listened to a radio station, and then one day it was just completely different. (laughs) <laughs> i mean that still happens that happened that happens out here yeah recently in austin happened to one or two jams in orlando which i went there it used to be the hip-hop station and now you come back and it's playing like top 40 mm-hmm. um it was called 102 jams and this guy and they used to call it one or two jams because he just said he didn't play good enough music yeah <laughs> captain chris <laughs> who ran an internet radio station he played the real hits <laughs> check him out at a7bn.com <laughs> the aquarius 7 broadcasting network do you think that still exists should i type it in a7bn.com if not i'm buying it and we're taking it over oh aquarius 7 broadcasting network still up captain chris wow yeah been running continuously since 2001 i think uh I just seem to remember a few lapses during my time there, but uh, <laughs> don't let history get in the way of a good story. So, all right, Nick, thanks for hanging out late night and uh, let's, let's binge these episodes. I'll talk to you later in the week. All right. Talk to you soon.